Pregnancy rate and calving season timing are really important factors for success in beef cow calf herds. Welcome to this episode of Bovine Science with BCI. I'm Brad White, joined today by Dr. Bob Larson, and we're going to do a herd health dive, talking specifically about your favorite topic: reproduction. Reproduction, absolutely. 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 So we'll get it. We'll get a chance to dive in, and we're going to talk about a, a paper that you've worked on. Well, both of us worked on with a former graduate student, Dr. Fountain, who has done a great job looking at some of the differences in what we would expect reproductive profile-wise in cow-calf herds. So real-world data with the application of evaluating future herds. So tell us, maybe start out and tell us the, the title of the paper, where it was published, and then we'll jump into some highlights. All right, so this paper was published in 2021 in Clinical Theriogenology, and the title is Herd-Level Factors Associated with Pregnancy Success and Distribution in Beef-Cow-Calf Herds. And so basically we were looking at um, some of the things that we asked questions are um, body condition score, and these were body condition scores at the time of preg check, not at the time of bull turnout, which is a little different information. Uh, length of the uh, breeding season, month of the year when the breeding season starts, and um, a couple other factors that we looked into is for, do they predict either the, the final preg rate or at, the other thing that we're interested in is the percentage of cows that get pregnant in the first 21 days. Okay, so let me let me back up a step, and maybe since we worked on this project as we went through, what what was the objective? What was the impetus? Give me the why. Why why was this done? Okay, there's there's actually a kind of a, a long evolution of why this uh, came about, but it's basically that I think that although the overall breed up of a, a herd is is critical, you know, I I need. 90, 95% of the cows to get pregnant uh, in, a, in a breeding season. I don't think that's enough information. I think there's more information such as what percentage of the herd became pregnant in the first 21 days, which tells us a lot about were the cows and bulls ready to be reproductively sound right at the start of the breeding season. And so it's not just did they get pregnant, but when did they get pregnant? The other thing is we, we developed an app uh, based on a spreadsheet that allows you know, a veterinarian to go in and stage the pregnancies, and then that pretty easily puts them into those 21-day categories throughout the breeding season. And that allows us to pretty quickly see when cows came became pregnant and also maybe some gaps or periods when cows did not become pregnant. And I think that's a lot of information that we think just adds value to pregnancy detection above and beyond simply are they pregnant or open at the end of the breeding season. So to do those things as you've described, you'd have to stage those pregnancies, right? So you'd have to not just say pregnant open, you've got to be able to say she was 70 days or 90 days or whatever. Is that right? More or less, but actually it's not quite that precise. Basically, we're just saying, um, did they get pregnant in the first 21 days, second 21 days, third 21 days? So we're not going down to the, the week or anything like that. And and I'm sure we misclassify a few, um, but by putting them into 21-day periods, I think that we can do a pretty good job of seeing kind of how the pregnancy or how the breeding season progressed. So if you're staging pregnancies, what what gestational age do you want to do that to get them into those three-week slots? Well, I'll tell you, for myself, uh, about 120 days since the start of the breeding season is my limit to where I really feel comfortable. We used a cutoff in this paper of 130 days just because 
to get a couple more herds that, that were in there. And, and we didn't think we gave up too much accuracy. But my preference is to be in that 120 days, so about four months after the start of the breeding season. So and you and I have discussed this before, kind of the same thought process that once we get above 120 days, we're still relatively accurate, but we're within a month or five weeks. We may not be in that three-week interval, right? Yeah. We may be able to put them into months. And then as you get later in gestation, we're probably talking trimester. trimester. First trimester, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So it, it depends on, on where you are as you go through those. But to do this, you worked with some veterinarians. You collected data. So I mentioned that it was uh, field data from actual herds, not just uh, university herds. Uh, a lot of different areas. Mostly the Midwest, yes, right? That so, is correct. Um, how did you put the data together to get this to get this started? All right, so we ended up with 142 herds in the data set. Uh, again, mostly you know Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri, kind of in this this area, and it was cooperator veterinarians. Um, many of them were using the app that we had developed here at BCI. Some had kind of developed their own kind of spreadsheets that we were able to, to use that data as well. So basically they needed the cows preg checked in a way that put them into either weeks or 21 day periods. Because if they put them into weeks, then we just clumped those into 21 day periods. And so we had data from a couple of different sources, but it all came together as a way to kind of put them into 21 day categories. Yeah, and you mentioned, I think you said 140, but there's 241 herds, I'm right? sorry, 241, yes. Right, absolutely. So worked, it, worked down to that, and then after they were in those categories, you tested some of those variables to see if they were associated with r- really two things, overall pregnancy rate and the likelihood of in the first 21 days or the pregnancy rate in the first 21 days. What did you find? A couple of interesting things. One is um, that... Uh, Body condition did matter, even though this wasn't body condition at the time of, of preg check. And it really just showed up as cows that were still thin at the time we preg check bred up worse than cows that were in a, in a good or decent body condition. A couple of other things we learned was uh, uh, we had our worst breed up in small herds. Our medium and large size herds uh, bred up a little bit better. That could be due to uh, bull power. It could be due to the focus that the reproduction gets in that operation. And when you say bred up, sorry to interrupt, but you're, you're talking overall breeding season, yes, right? Not overall just the first season, 21 right. days because we've got two variables there. And then the one that I found interesting was we, we classified herds into um, short and long breeding seasons. So short breeding seasons were 65 days or less, 63 days or less, and longer was longer than that. And what we found was Herds with a short breeding season were more had more calves born, more cows become pregnant in the first 21 days uh, than cows that had a longer breeding season. And overall, that that numerically stayed different, but became statistically not important in that the longer the breeding season went on, then those other herds caught up. But I think there's a couple of really important things there. And when I dug into some of this data, it, it looks like, and so the question is, well, it seems odd that herds with a short breeding season breed up better. But I think that's it's a that's an, a result, not a cause, in that herds that have been breeding up well are able to keep their breeding season short. If you're not getting cows pregnant in a timely manner, you need to leave the bulls out longer. And so I think it demonstrated that you know herds that are really focused on fertility, getting cows pregnant early, there's some momentum to that, and so that they do breed up better um, if they can get that first 21 days. 
So probably what we're seeing there is just the effect of we don't need a long breeding season because they're getting bred early. Yeah, that's a good way to say it is we don't need a long breeding season if they start well. Yeah. So the I want to go back to the body condition because we a lot of times and, and have often said body condition is related to the ability to breed. And when we say that sentence, we're talking about body condition at the time of breeding or maybe even the time of calving, because we know they're probably going to lose weight. But you found, and there's been some other papers that have found similar, that the body, those, the, those with a thin body condition, maybe just a little bit less. It wasn't yeah. tremendous. Right. And, that's an, and there was, there's another really good paper came out of Canada that said the same thing. And, and I, it kind of made me go back and think, because if you think about in a spring calving cow herd, uh, those cows that calve, you know, in March and April, they, they are going to have good green growing grass uh, for several months before we preg check. And so even if they were thin at the time of bull turnout, I would expect them to have uh, had the opportunity to put body condition back on. So I always kind of wondered, well, I wasn't sure that the body condition score at preg check was a good measure, but I think it's a different measure. I think body condition score at the time of bull turnout would have a, lot, a big impact on whether they become pregnant in the first 21 days or not. The interesting thing is, well, I just gave the scenario if she was kind of thin or let's say in good body condition, and then she goes through the summer with good grazing, why doesn't she have good body condition at preg check? And it could be a number of things. It could be teeth. It could be um, undetected disease. It could be um, her. Her nutritional demands are really high. You know, something about that so that if after a several months of green grass, she still has a poor body condition at preg check, that's a, that's a reason to look at that individual as a, as a problem, not so much a herd problem. Whereas when I look at body condition score back at the time of bull turnout, I'm asking, is the group ready to go into the breeding season? When I preg check and I find some thin ones at that time, it's like, well, what's wrong with this individual? Why is she thin when really she has no excuse to be thin? Well, I think that's a great point is in this data set, most of them were in reasonable shape. Yeah, Body score five or six. Right. And within each herd, most of them were in reasonable shape, in which case you're talking about individuals. Right. So she may have an individual problem compared to, let's say I've got a group of first calf heifers that calved and we come in in the fall and as a group and as a group they're all thin i'm less concerned about some of those things that you mentioned right that's not individual problems it's uh we didn't get our our body condition really where we wanted it to be by because of the supplements we were giving or the forage we were feeding um that we didn't manage the group properly i'd also go back to the the shorter breeding season if you have a good breeding season you can maintain it year after year is what you talked about, right? Yes. Especially because those that were shorter also tended to have a, a little bit higher in that first 21 days. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly right. And that's where we actually saw the biggest impact was those that had a short breeding season bred up really well in the first 21 days. And again, I think that's a, those are flipped. The herds that breed up well in the first 21 days can't afford to have a short breeding season. They'll still get a lot of cows pregnant in a short period of time. Okay, so you and I have have talked some about kind of an ideal calving pattern, and this data set lets us look at how often do things like that occur and what are some averages. And just for perspective from this paper, we had about 54% of them that 
54% of the cows in the entire data set that calved in that first 21 days. Uh, and then 85% were bred over the breeding season. So we'll talk patterns, but I first want to get your opinion on that 85%. Seems low. It does seem a little bit low, and I, and I agree that it, it probably is, although not shockingly so. My, my goal is, depending on other situations, 90 to 95%, and I'm trying to get as close to 95 uh, as I can. So 85 is a little bit low. But we do know that there's some, you know, herds because of bull problems or nutritional problems or something that don't perform well. The lowest herd we had in this data set was 26% breed up. So you got a few herds that are really pulling the, uh, the average down. If you dropped kind of the, the lowest, maybe 10% of the herds, well, then that average gets a lot better. So it, it kind of depends on what you remember. Sometimes we only, we do kind of discount those bottom 10% and then you're left with a much better performance, but those bottom 10% do occur and, and they impact our numbers. So the ideal calving pattern, if we look at it and you describe maybe, let's say a 60 day breeding season, how many, what percent of the herd would be bred in the first 21 days, the second 21 days, and the third, and then how many would be open? Right. So in the ideal situation, we'd run about 60 to 65% in the first 21 days and a little over 20, 22, 23% in the second 21 days. And then you're left with just, you know, eight or 9% in the third 21 days. And then that would give you about 5% open. That's my ideal herd. And uh, that's kind of what I'm shooting for. Yeah, so my my easy math and rounding, I'll I'll say sixty five twenty ten. Yeah, and then you, and you end up with five left over uh, that could be that would be open. So in this paper, when you summarize some of those, you had about fifty percent in the first twenty one days, about fifteen percent in the second, about seven percent in the third, and then there were pregnancies in the fourth, fifth, and sixth period with the remainder left open. So. What that tells me is there's a lot of herds that are what I would still say are front-end loaded. They're maybe just not quite as front-end loaded as they should be or don't have as many calf in that first third. How important is that? So it's interesting because not only in this data set, this is a data set that we had of 241 herds. We've got some other data sets that are even larger than it. And in all those, in all the herds that I've looked at or all the combinations of herds, it's, it's only about 30%, and that's a ish, you know, 25 to 35% of herds really fit our, our ideal. And there's two ways I interpret that. One is that it is possible. There are, you know, a, it's not rare for a herd to fit that, you know, 65, 20, 10 uh, pattern, but it's not the majority. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strong minority, but not a majority. I think what you see a lot is in that 40 to 50% become pregnant in the first 21 days. And then a lot of times that second 21 days is a little better than your 20. But between the two, we're still a little bit behind of where we would have been with a 65-20. And, and so, and what that really tells me is if, you know, 40 or 50% of the cows are getting pregnant in that first 21 days, there's a certain number of cows that did not cycle at all during that first 21 days. How'd you make that leap? Okay, so when a cow uh, ovulates a fertile egg and she is mated by fertile bulls, I expect about 65% of the time, about two-thirds of the time, for that to result in a pregnancy that I can detect at preg check time. And most of those 
you know, you say, well, they, a fertile cow made by a fertile bull, why isn't it 100%? Well, biology doesn't work that way. Biology is pretty complex. There's lots of reasons. It's, it's probably almost amazing that, that, you know, sperm and egg actually does make a calf. And so about a third of the time that does not happen. But usually that's very, very early. Either she doesn't conceive or she loses that really early. And she'll come right back in heat uh, 21 days later. So it, with our 65-20-10, basically 65% of the herd is getting pregnant 65% of the cows that are not pregnant yet are getting pregnant each of those 21 days. So they're doing about as well as they can. So if you tell me that only uh, 50% are pregnant in the first 21 days, well, you, you can do that math and you go, well, you know, only 80% of the cows were cycling. So there's a, a, almost a fourth of the cows didn't cycle in the first 21 days. And, and yes, the question why? Well, a lot of times it's because they calved too recently. They haven't gone through that postpartum anestrus period. They haven't had enough time to resume fertile cycles. So that goes back to what we were talking about before, this, this momentum of herds that have successfully established short breeding seasons have short calving seasons. And so all the cows have had sufficient time to resume, or I shouldn't say all, most of the cows, 90% or more, uh, have the time to resume fertile cycles sometime within that first 21 days. And so it, it, it builds on itself. That's the positive momentum you get from a short calving season with a lot calving in the first 21 days. So we talked about some of those cows that would be calving in the fourth, fifth, sixth period, which would be up to 120 days past the start of calving season. And nationally, it's not uncommon to have a 100-day calving season. If you calve at the end of the 100-day season, highly unlikely based on that postpartum interval that she's going to be bred in the first calving period of next year. To say that that is an understatement, because remember, basically 365 days in the year, minus 283, 285 days of gestation, that means we have about 80 to 85 days for her to resume fertile cycles in order to become pregnant at the same time she became pregnant last year. Well, if she calves 90 days into the calving season, well, the bulls have been out for five days. And so she's obviously not going to be ready to breed during that first 21 days, and maybe not even in the first 42 days. And so those late calving cows uh, really have no opportunity to end up in my first or second 21-day period of the subsequent breeding season. And so that's the negative momentum. If, you're, if you calve late, it's basically impossible to uh, calve early. You, you, you might calve a couple weeks earlier, but you're not going to become an early calving cow. So it's not all nutrition causing this problem. Because some, sometimes that's the first thing that we yeah. think of is we go, wow, maybe they didn't have. But the nutrition, the impact of that would be a prolonged postpartum interval. Exactly. I, and this is an oversimplification, but a lot of times I think a cow that's a body condition score, low, one body condition score lower than we want her. So instead of between, you know, kind of a five or six, now she's a four or five. Well, had. 10 days to two weeks to the length of her postpartum anestrus. And so instead of kind of averaging around 60 days, now she's going to average around 70 or 75 days to resume fertile cycles if she's thin. And, and that certainly does have an impact. But if she calved a week before the bull goes out, there's no amount of nutrition that's going to bring her into heat in the first 21 days. It's just not going to happen. And then once that happens to her one year and she moves back. So if that happened three years ago right? Then, and she moved to the third or fourth period of, of calving, she's not going to catch up. I, I mean, even if her nutrition is fine now, she calves where she calves based on that cycle, that calendar. Yeah, the, the, 
where she and there's been some good work out of Nebraska and some other places where she calves her very first calving season impacts where she's going to calve the rest of her life. Um, now something can go bad and she can drop backwards, but it's really difficult for cows or at least groups of cows to move earlier in the calving season. I want to bring in some more n- normal things because we talked about your large set of data there, but you've you've done another paper too, and we've talked about it, but I'm not going to talk about that aspect. It was on looking at leukosis or, or leukemia status in cow-calf herds. And, th- and there was a couple things from that paper that I think there were 44 herds, and these I would describe as 44 well-managed herds. So they're, they're doing things right. They're having all their preventative health stuff. And in that case, your pregnancy rate was higher because of those 44 herds, uh, 32 of them, three-quarters, had uh, 90 to 100% preg rate. But when you look at the percent calving in that first 21-day period, you you only had nine of them that had over 50%. You only had five of them, or a little, a little over 10%, that had 60% or more in that first 21 days. So even in the so what I take from that is even in those well-managed herds, really good preg rates, we still don't have them calving in that first 21 days as much as we want. Tell me, is that important for me to focus on as a veterinarian when I work with those herds? And if so, why? Well, there's a couple ways to answer that. One is I, I dug into the data from that study that's actually not in the paper, but it's, it's kind of hidden in the paper. But if you look at the herds that had the worst breed up, so we had some herds where you know we had 20% open or or 23% open in every single one of those herds with really kind of poor breed ups. If you go back and look at how they bred up in the first 21 days, it was like 10% or less of the herd became pregnant in the first 21 days. So essentially either the bulls were completely failing during the first 21 days or more likely um, the cows had calved too recently to have resumed fertile cycles. And so, and, and in this data set, there were, some herds that were uh, in that 60 to 65 day length of calving season, but there were several that were much longer than that. And so that one way to look at it is in herds that have a really poor breed up, go back and look at how many of them bred up in the first 21 days. And again, that, that could be a bull problem, but it also could be that the cows just calved too recently. And if they calve earlier in that season, you mentioned earlier the heifers that are born then tend to calve then if you're saving heifers in your herd, which leads to long-term benefits. Uh, those calves will be bigger at the time we get to weaning, and it gives more postpartum interval time for those cows. So there's real benefits, even in well-managed herds, of continuing to get them to calve early, uh, which in short, what's one thing you would do if, if I came to you with a herd and I said, I want them to get a calve a little bit earlier? Well, the first thing I would do is, is heifer development. Um, in that, again, it's like we were saying, that the hand that the cow is dealt with as when she, when she calved this year, that is such a big impact on when she's going to calve next year and when she's going to become pregnant. It's re- I can't feed a big change into that. I could maybe shave a few days off or at least keep her from going later, but I can't make her calve three weeks earlier through nutrition, in my opinion. Now, so the only thing I can do is bring in a replacement for the herd that's going to calve early. And if I do that for four or five years in a row, I've really changed the profile of the herd. And now I consistently have cows that calve early because that's what I've set the herd up to do. 
And we'll, we'll put the titles and information on these papers in the show notes, but I think both of these can be really helpful for veterinarians looking at a lot of herds to say, where's my baseline? What do I expect? How do I, how do I kind of rank this herd that I'm working with? And how do I try to make them better? And you said it's, it's not implicitly in these papers, but it's back to those replacement heifers. And there's real value in doing that and looking at the whole reproductive profile of this herd. You and I have dug into those. We're not going to get into it today, but that's a great diagnostic tool to be able to figure out what's going on. So I appreciate you sharing these with us and sharing this information. Thanks for joining us, Bob. You betcha.